following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 4th, 2018, season 14, episode number 33. Welcome to a very, very special edition of The Break. We are live and back on the air, ready to talk some Cowboys football because the season is here. It is week one of the NFL season. Uh, We've not had a chance to talk since the roster cut, so we'll spend quite a bit of time today talking about the roster and how this team's made up. But the great part is that the games are starting this week, and as of Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we'll be talking about Cowboys versus Panthers, uh, which gets me excited. I don't know about you guys, but it gets me very, very excited. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Everybody feeling good today? Feel awesome. freaking great. Awesome. College football this weekend. That was a good weekend for some. Not all, but some. Uh, and it was just good to see football back on. Let's start first with this 53-man roster. And this thing... Um, I guess when I first when I first heard Nick, you you were the one that texted me and said, "Yeah, the the roster's out without Dan Bailey." And it it I was I was a bit shocked. I've learned in the NFL though not to be completely shocked about pretty much anything. Uh, but I do want to hear from you guys on what your thoughts were. I saw your I saw your tweet, Amber, uh, about Dan Bailey. Um, I want to know your thoughts about what you thought first when you saw that Dan Bailey is no longer part of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, we we have talked a little bit. I mean, I know not, not in this group, but we did talk some yesterday on a show. So some some people might have heard that. But I'll, I'll be real quick. I, I was really surprised as the day went on Saturday night. I kind of was a little bit more bothered by what happened. I wrote a column about it. I just didn't feel like there was a true competition. Uh, even the Garrett came back yesterday and said, you know, they're always competing and all that stuff. And he he explained some reasons. I don't agree with all of them actually um you know they can do whatever he wants he went with the with the other kicker i just felt like dan uh deserved a better opportunity to win his job uh he's the best that's ever done it for the cowboys and if there's confidence issues he he had four preseason games because we know they weren't trying to win those games you should have been evaluating him and to see if he could make it and then move on and then without just saying we don't think he's going to be good enough to move on hellman yeah i i mean i echo most of that i was floored honestly i don't you know I'm, i haven't been here forever but this is my sixth year covering the team and i don't know that i've ever been more surprised by something that happened and again wow. and, yeah and, absolutely yeah. and and here's the thing here's what i take issue with is uh with des bryant like we saw the writing on the wall for months and months even with jason witten we sort of you know that's we'd heard the rumors, right yeah. you heard rumors that it could happen you know somebody reported that he had tried out with joe tessitore like you all, you hear this stuff. Uh, I didn't hear anything about this until maybe 15 minutes before it actually happened, and it came right out of left field. And the thing that bothers me is exactly uh, Dan Bailey struggled down the end of last season. We all know that. We watched it happen. The what a what a cherry on a crap Sunday that Philadelphia <laughs> game was to see him play so poorly in such a meaningless and awful game. Having seen all of that. You didn't get the first idea that the Cowboys had concerns in the long term. You know, you didn't hear about it in the offseason. It's not in the dozens and dozens of times that the Joneses and Jason Garrett talked during the course of an offseason. It never came up. Uh, Dan Bailey struggled for two practice days in Oxnard, and the media even tried to bring it up. And point blank, Jason Garrett was dismissive of it. Like, (laughs) 
we we feel great about Dan Bailey. He's made a lot of kicks for us. We're not worried about it. And then uh, they kind of pulled the rug out from under him right at the start of the regular season. And to be fair, again, we said this on the show we did yesterday, they know Ban- Dan better than I do. They are around him more. They see him more. They have a better feel for whether or not they should have confidence in him than I do. That's fair. Uh, but I absolutely reserve the right to criticize them for it until – proven otherwise uh maybe this was the right call and i will give them credit for it if that comes to pass but i just don't like the way they handled it i I never got the impression that dan bailey was in a competition i wonder if he ever thought that um and so it just it just seems weird to me and i yeah i didn't really love the way it all played out but we'll see i mean the great thing about that is especially with in a position where the spotlight's on you like that we're going to know real quick whether or not they made the right call. That's, that's two people that don't have a poster of Dan Bailey on their wall. So Garcia, we'll see what happens with someone that <laughs> I'm does. I'm keeping my poster. I'm <laughs> keeping it there. I am. I am really, really upset. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, it was absolutely surprising, especially when you see them giving him only one chance. He only kicked the ball once, right, in the whole preseason. Yes. It was only once in in games. Yes. Yeah, in yeah, games. yeah. In games. Yeah. In games. And. A guy that has been here so long, that has proven to be so good for your team, how do you go about it this way? And if you want to talk, and I'm not a cap, gap, whatever expert, I'm not a money expert and all that, but if you're like, okay, that's going to save you about $3 million, whatever, that's nothing. That's like change money. If, if you're a regular mm. pedestrian, that's a lot of money. But when it comes to this, I'm like, okay, you say you save money, by cutting debts, what'd you do with that money? Nothing yet. You haven't done anything. But you can carry that money over. So let's, okay, let's okay. they don't necessarily have to spend it now in order for it to be valuable to them. For, for them, a team right? that already had 16 million in cap space, I agree with her. I Three million too. is nothing. Nothing. Not, I, I get all that. I guess, and I don't want to. If you're planning on bringing Earl Thomas and this is the big work behind it all, uh-huh. then okay, I'll, I'll maybe forgive this happening. <laughs> Not that they need my forgiveness, but if that's the plan, then, okay, we're good, but as of right now, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I guess the way I look at that is I think next year, if let's assume for a second that Tank has a really good year. They got to figure out how they're going to pay him, right? Well, hold on just, just a second. They got to figure out how, to, how they're going to pay him. They still have a quarterback that's playing on his rookie contract. At some point, they're going to have to pay him if he continues to progress as they think he will, right? And then, let's remember, Earl Thomas, whether that happens now or not, Earl Thomas will be a free agent next year. So if they want to go after him next year, they'll have every opportunity to do it, and they're going to have to pay him. Don't forget so, Zeke either. And Zeke. So all I'm saying is there there are things that are coming up that if the Cowboys are thinking, hey, let's look at this from a long-term perspective, and let's assume for a second that they look at this and say, this is money that we may not have to use now. We can hold this money over, and we can have it available to us next year. Then it does create a, a situation where three million becomes valuable because you have all these different parts that you have to sign. But the, that conversation only becomes relevant if you have lost confidence that Dan Bailey is the most accurate kicker. Absolutely, in the NFL. absolutely. That's and, all, and, yeah. and and that's where I get back to, or I shouldn't say I get back to. That's where I think from what they've said, they felt like because of the injuries, they felt like because of uh, the 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 challenges that he had last year. I think they kind of got to a point where they were like, well, we don't know that we trust him for the money. And that we talk about this conversation all the time, right? If you're paying guy premium money and he's premium player, then you feel great about it. You'll pay him all day, right? But if you got to a point where you feel like, hey, every time he runs out there, we're just as worried as we would be with this young, this other guy. Right. And it's going to cost us $3 million less. 
and go with the other guy. To be fair, he's had injuries two years in a row. His percentage has dipped, I think, three years in a row. Yeah. But again, to Nick's point, let where, him fight. Let him let him compete. He got one kick in the preseason. Yeah. And I just I won't understand that for the life of me. He and, had, and again, how does that help him? On landing, and I don't think he needs that much help to for another team to grab him. I think he still has a lot in him left. But with the guy that you had have had for so long, and that you, you would assume you respect and everything because of everything that he has done for you, how do you take the ability to showcase your talent during the preseason? As far as other team, if that's what you're planning on doing and cutting him, why don't you let him show it and allow him to? See, you know, other teams see what he's still capable of. But let me ask you this. And I, Nick and I were having this conversation when we were walking in today. I, could you really, could he really show it in the preseason? Yes, make yeah. a 57 but, but yard kick. But wait, wait. I think that the, the way that, that they probably would look at that, I would think, is if we're worried about injuries and we're worried about what he's done the past couple years, like how we've seen him decline and we've seen injuries. He might be great right now in the preseason. He might go out and kick all those field goals, but that doesn't necessarily make me feel better if I'm worried about injuries and if I'm worried about the the future of where he's going based upon his trajectory over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I could have given him that shot, but that doesn't necessarily clear up my concerns. Well, you know what? I mean, how, how much more important was the last game of the season against the Eagles than a preseason game? I mean, they both didn't seem to matter in the in the, you know, on the standings because they were out of it. But yet, talking to Garrett yesterday, it made it sound like that last kick was pretty important that, that Bailey missed. So if, if you're going to get evaluated by a game that doesn't matter there, I mean, you should evaluate. I think Brett Mars kick of 57 yards, I think that got him on the team. And I agree. If, and I think if yeah. Bailey could have got that kick, I think it could have it helped him. And again, that's the one position that you can show your talent no matter what, no matter, no matter who, who the other players are on the field right now. But that's you, the one position you can still show what you can do no matter if veteran guys are playing or not. But I also believe that that's the one position where I'm just as – what he does in practice is just as important as what he does in game. Lining up and kicking a field goal in practice, the only difference is you don't have the pressure. So seeing him kick and seeing him kick over and over again in practice – That'll give you the same kind of confidence. And there was yeah. that day or two there where he was a little bit off the rails. Okay, yeah. what so, about Dak when he throws the passes in practice? It's it's still, it's again, it's, it's still different. a difference. No, but between it's different. Games but he had some bad practices. Too. Yeah, but that's different. A quarterback and a kicker, that's, it's okay. like it years different. Here's, here's something that I think is, is kind of a, a really underlying problem here that, that I think other players need to look at around the league, especially here. I've seen it now happen a few times. You can be a warrior and come come out and play if you're banged up. I mean, you want to come back and fight to, for this team, but you better be real careful yeah. with how you play no because doubt. if you put bad tape on yourself out there, your own team will evaluate that against you. I, I've seen it happen with Demarcus where he played Was that with Hatcher 14. who said that Hatcher, years ago. Yeah, Hatcher yeah, said a it of players have said because, it because he saw Demarcus Ware fight through all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he gets labeled as a guy that doesn't have it anymore, even right. though he now he has a really shiny left hand because of <laughs> what he did in Denver. Yeah, I mean, in the same with Bailey, we're all forgetting. I mean, Odell Beckham got paid. Well, he only played in like four games last year. I mean, why was he? Did he yeah, lose? Because he's great. But but why? I mean, he only played in four games. <laughs> he only played in four games. But he's great. He wasn't great last year. What's the difference? Did he get hurt? He, but he's great, Nick. I mean, but he, Dan Bailey was great. 
Dan Bailey was 7 of 7 last year before he got hurt. Are we not forgetting that he got hurt? Dan Bailey was never as great at what he does as Odell Beckham is at what he that does. That is an absolute think. false statement. I, that, yeah. that is a false statement, Okay, I don't know. He's not going to lead SportsCenter with the top 10 with a field goal. I get it. Being the but, best wide receiver is more lucrative, but Dan Bailey was literally the best to ever do it at his position in the NFL. Has, was Dan Bailey the best last year or the year before? Yeah, in the NFL at kicking. Well, I he mean, was the best kicker. My guy over here saying he was seven and seven before he got hurt, so he was, he was the, doing pretty damn well. And he was, was number he the one. best kicker in the NFL yes. last year in the NFL, in the year before. In the history of the NFL, he was the number one kicker before he got hurt. Number two, I don't know. Tucker it has fell been, to number. It two. fell to number two because of because Tucker had a good year and and okay. I and I get it. A lot of those guys are right there that are all active players. I mean, I, I get it, um, but I'm just saying. Just be just be careful when you come back and you want to play because that. because bad tape is bad tape. It doesn't seem people don't seem to really. Ah, uh, he was kind of playing through an injury. The, yeah. To their to their credit, the Cowboys give Demarcus Lawrence a ton of credit for gutting through injuries in 2016. But that could be part of the reason why he doesn't have a deal right now too. True. If he, if he, I mean, yeah. And fam- oh, you believe you best believe when it t- comes time to have negotiations on a contract. If you're a guy that's been hurt. That's gonna come up oh, yeah. because that helps you drive the price. You think down. any fan cares that Tyrone Crawford was battling through a rotator cuff injury? No, oh. they just like he makes this amount of money and he only got four sacks. Like, yeah. what's the problem? Right. Which this goes back to my point in the long run that I just we would we would have heard something. Somebody would have said something between December and July if this was like again. Des Bryant it was a long discussion, and the writing was the writing was in ten foot letters all over the wall. You could not be surprised by that. Yeah, Dan Bailey, I this is my opinion. I don't have this is I'm not backed up by any fact, but I think they kind of just got to a point in like mid August where they were like, we can save some money and we don't have to worry about this guy's back. Let's just get yeah, just yank this, get this over with. And and, and I think the fifty seven yarder got him there. And I really I, do believe well, that. I think that's a crappy way to treat a guy who's been. I know it's a business. I know. Yes, yes. I know. I don't care. I still think it's crappy. Tell him you. ahead of time that his. I mean, he needs to do well. Whatever. Like, no, no, no. Give him some chances but in the preseason. That's my point. That's my point. I think that, like you said, they got to late August, mid late August, and they were like, "Hmm, I don't know. This this guy might be as good as Dan Bailey." And then. The 57-yarder happened, and I think that's when the serious conversation started. I think it was a situation where they're like, man, this guy can kick. Because I had heard I had heard that there were some people around here who were already saying, this guy is a really, really good kicker, and we don't, we don't, like, we don't love the idea that eventually he's going to be kicked off out of this place in favor of Dan Bailey because we feel like he's a good kicker. So I just think that after that 57-yarder, I think they that's when it really got into hyper gear. Like, more people are starting to stand on the table. Like, why would we let this guy go when we already have concerns to some degree about Dan? You know what? I'm tired of this. I'm just going to go talk to Steven right now. I, <laughs> I, I want to figure out what's happening here. Do it. Go yeah. ask him. Go do All that. Right. Actually, Nick does have an interview with Steven Jones. We'll see what he comes out away from that with. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we do have a lot of other topics that we want to hit. A couple other things with regard to some transactions, some players who've been uh, moved around in different places, some who've been signed back. Uh, and I want to talk about Travis Frederick a little bit. Uh, there was a decision that was going to be made as to whether Travis would be uh, IR'd uh, that would keep him out for the first several weeks of the season. Uh, they did not make that decision. I want to talk to you about how you guys feel about that. 
uh, decision when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F15 mode and F24 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one of a kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And we're talking the Cowboys 53-man roster. We talked about Dan Bailey, which was a surprise cut uh, of this training camp and uh, may have been may have been a surprise cut around the NFL. I can't think of another cut around the NFL that I was really shocked by like this one. Uh, so I think it was one that, that definitely caught a lot of people's attention. Dan did get an opportunity to go and try out for the New York Jets. We'll see if he actually gets the job. He's not been signed to this point. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that before this season is done, Dan Bailey will be kicking on somebody's roster. He's just done too much in this league not to get a second opportunity. And I think for kickers, that's how it just goes. He's going to get an opportunity again. And hopefully he'll be healthy and ready to go and we'll, uh, we'll be able to resume his career. But we're let's talk about... We're about to move on, but, you know, I really hate that we didn't get a chance to talk to him. And then we goodbye. don't get a chance to talk, not to say goodbye, but just to hear his side of the story, you know, and kind of see his perspective. But, yeah. again, not we don't get a chance to talk to anybody that gets cut during this time, but... It just sucks that you, you, know, you, you see him last time not knowing that that was the last time you were going to see him. That's the thing, though, that I've in the years I've been around here, that's the one thing that I've grown to just kind of get used to. And I still don't like it. It's like things change so rapidly in the NFL, especially when you get to the offseason. I've seen everybody from Emmitt Smith to Deion Sanders all the way to DeMarcus Ware and Tony Rome. I've seen all these guys leave, and when they leave, it's just just like that. I was telling somebody, and maybe you, Dave, back during training camp, the first day 
you felt a little bit weird that Jason Witten wasn't there by a weekend. You had completely forgotten about him as a part of what this current yeah. team is. And it's just, that's how the NFL is. It moves on. And I don't care how big a player you are. I don't care how small a player you are. It is exactly the same because once you're gone, the building forgets and they move on to whoever's in the building playing Which football for them. You are 100% right. Everything you just said is correct, but it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth when very accomplished players are treated unceremoniously. That's yeah. what happened to Dez. It happened to Dan Bailey. And it's just a reminder, players, and players don't listen to this, but if they did, they don't, you don't owe this team anything. Don't forget that. Don't forget the way they're going to treat you. And for fans listening at home, if Demarcus Lawrence just if he was sitting out right now, I would not blame him one bit. Yes, I would not, because it's it's a cutthroat league, and you got to look out for yourself. And that doesn't jive with the team first mentality. That only works for you when it's in your favor. But as soon as you can't help the team, they don't care about you, and I, you go. Yeah, and that's I, why I always take the player's side in these things. I think it's two things. I think. It is team first when you're on the field, when you're practicing, when you're playing. You should always be looking out for your teammates. When it comes to the business of the NFL, right. you are your own business. You are an independent contractor. You are your own business. It is your responsibility to look out for what's best for you as a player first, for you and your family first, right. and then figure out how that affects the team. But you're right. But these teams, have... these teams, will, we're disappointed that Le'Veon Bell can't be here to help his teammate. Get out of here. Hey, I'll, never hey, be on, I'll, never, I'll never feel like that. I always feel like when it comes down to it, because, again, these contracts are not guaranteed. So I think players have every right to yeah. do what's best for them from a business standpoint. Which, Once they're in the building, it should be all team. They should be looking out for their team because that's the only way you can get success yeah. is if you rely on your teammate and your teammates can rely on you. But when it comes to the business of the NFL – just like the teams look out for themselves, it's no different than all of us in our everyday jobs as well. You know, at the end of the day, right. an employer's responsibility is to create a good business that makes money, right. Right? right? It is not to make sure you're taken care of and you're comfortable, right? Right. So think about that and make decisions that are best for you and your family that fit into the concept of the company that you work for. It is not one of those things where they're going to always be loyal to you because they're ultimately going to make what's the best decision for their business. Correct. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, couple of transactions that have happened here over the last couple of days. Noah Brown initially was placed on the uh, active roster. Uh, he has now been moved to IR. They have now taken that spot and, uh, and signed Deontay Thompson. I don't think there's much of a surprise here, Dave. It seems like back during training camp, you were talking a lot about, I think you were one of the people that said Deontay should make this team. Mm. This was a way to get him onto the right. team. He didn't get signed by anyone while he was cut, so it worked. It's actually, I mean, speaking of looking out for your own best interest, it's a pretty genius way of roster maneuvering i mean cowboys aren't the only team that does this right. but if you cut noah brown on saturday he goes through waivers you might not get him back so you keep him on the roster you cut the vested veteran and say deontay hang here at the omni in frisco for 36 hours we're going to put noah on ir so we can potentially bring him back and we don't have to risk losing him to another team and as soon as we do that we'll sign you back you'll be good to go right. it's it's common maneuvering but i love that fun little you know, it's the jigsaw of how to make everything work and work in your favor. So let's talk about a couple other transactions. Darius Jackson was on the Cowboys practice squad, got signed away by the Green Bay Packers. Good for him. Which I was saying to you guys in the uh, in the break, you look at all the guys that the Cowboys cut that we were all kind of hand wringing over and who's going to, you know, who should they cut? This is a hard decision. I think, and I may be, I may be wrong in this, I think there was only one that got signed by another team, and that was Darius Jackson to the True. Green Bay Packers. Yep. And to me, probably rightfully so, 
um, outside of maybe my pet cat, Brian Price. But I, I think oh, that... Well, he's gone too. You're right. He's I mean, gone, but he hasn't been signed, right? I don't think no, he's he been was, signed. No, he was claimed by the Oakland Raiders. Okay, so he did get claimed. They, okay. that's So actually, I wrote about this yesterday, cat maneuvering. It worked out well in the Noah Brown instance. You hold on to Deontay Thompson, but basically... Um, they were going, I mean, Dayton Jones is going to go to IR and they were going to do the same thing and say, well, we want to bring Dayton back. So we got to keep him, Brian, we're going to cut you. You're going to go through waivers and we're going to bring you back. Oakland had better, had other ideas. And now Brian Price is an Oakland Raider. Yeah. That's the cost. Uh, that's, I mean, you take that risk and that's why they didn't want to do it with Noah Brown. Right. But those two players, Darius Jackson, Brian Price are two players I think showed a lot yeah. in the preseason and really Brian Price going back to last year. This was not just about the, the preseason for him. Um, and both of them end up on on other teams. But that's the thing. And, and this is another thing we talked about in the break. Every team has guys that are on the bubble for them during training camp that they're like, this is going to be hard to cut this guy. I don't know if we can get him back. And just as in the case of Lance Lenore and, and, and Charles Tapper, Cowboys found that you put them out there by cutting them. They still were available to them to make them a part of their practice squad. They were literally... I think I mean I, there are more than a thousand cuts over the course of the weekend, and I think forty guys got claimed across the league. So I mean, once you get to a certain point on the roster, everybody's got guys that fit that profile, yeah. um, and teams pre- prefer to hold on to their guys because they know the system and they don't have to teach them something new. So unless you think you can drastically upgrade, which I'm excited for Darius, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere, but. Uh, Aaron Jones is suspended in Green Bay. Jamal Williams is a second-year guy, and Ty Montgomery is a wide receiver playing running back. So, although he plays it pretty well, he, I'm not. You're right, but there should be opportunity there for Darius Jackson to maybe do something. No I doubt. hope. I hope for him. So, no doubt. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Travis Frederick. Um, Travis Frederick was a guy that going into cuts, there was a thought that the the Cowboys could possibly decide to. Uh, hold on. Obviously, put him on the 53-man roster because they don't want to risk cutting him, obviously. Um, but what they might do is at some point move him to IR um, because of the rules that now they could bring him back after eight weeks or six yeah. weeks. Eight weeks. Um, that would give them the ability basically to give him half a year to be able to get right, and then they could possibly bring him back. They did not make that decision. Uh, they have kept him on the active roster for now. Does that make you guys feel better about the situation and, and what you think his, his status or prognosis is? I think it makes me feel worse, to be honest. Really? Yes. Why? Well, I'm a natural pessimist. You know that. (laughs) But here's the thing. They kept him on the 53, which suggests optimism. But at the same time, they say, we don't know. Like, we don't have a timetable. We're not even worried about that yet. It's We're worried about Travis's health, and we'll deal with that when it comes. Uh, but all the reports have been positive. That's awesome. And and I care way more about Travis's health as a person than I do as a player. The Cowboys have Joe Looney. They claimed Alex Redmond, who can play center. So I feel good that they can handle the physical aspect of this without Travis. But I'm just thinking, okay, what if this changes? You don't know enough to know when he's coming back. What if three weeks from now, four weeks from now, you realize now oh, maybe the optimism wasn't well-founded uh, and then you put him on IR. Now he's gone until December, probably. Whereas if you just did it Sunday, you know you don't even worry about it until whatever mid October, and then you can make your best decision from there. So, with so many unknowns, I think I'd rather just hey take two months and we'll bring you back if we can, and if not, that's fine. 
Um, now you're gambling on getting him back. You don't have the extra roster spot. And if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you lose him for even longer. But are you missing anything with that extra roster spot? Was, was Brian Price your example of where mm. you could have used that roster spot? Brian Price could have played on Sunday and Travis Frederick cannot. So, mm. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's definitely the wrong move. And to your point, like the 53rd guy, is he really, he's probably not going to dress. I understand, but, uh, it just, it worries me when you're dealing with so many unknowns. That's, I don't even feel 100% comfortable talking about it because it's such a unique situation. Uh, and I hope that he's healthy more so than I hope he can play football. So um, I just, I almost wish that they were just like, you know what? Some things are more important. Let's just, let's just stash you for two months and worry about it and we'll see where you are. You know, Amber, give me some optimism. I, I wish I could. <laughs> no, I, I don't feel good about this, this decision. And here's why he, his condition, it is, um, and I'm sure they know way more than we do, but at the same time, from what I, from my understanding, this type of condition is very hard to determine how long you're going to be out for or all that. So I'm assuming it's kind of, you take it day by day by day or week by week. Therefore, why not use that spot for something else where the Cowboys, they have plenty of spots that are in need. And what worries me is that sometimes the Cowboys are a little too optimistic in a way, you know, they, they, they think it's, it's just going to work out. And I keep going back to, Tyron Smith situation where, again, we all knew his back problems. We all knew where he was standing and still you didn't really work on getting that backup spot ready and, and making sure you, you were well equipped for the, if whatever happened when he came out, you were able to go on with it. And I think I see this kind of, it, it's a different scenario, but I don't know if I'm making sense right now. I get it. If, you know, my, my point of view is I think that sometimes they're a little too optimistic with certain things and then some other things they're, they're not as optimistic. So it's just, it's just weird. I don't understand. I get he's your best player and one of your best players and you want to have him on the field when you can and all that. But as of right now, looking at everything they've said, why not just get, let him be out for eight weeks? And even then, uh, if, you know, if it's ready to come back, great. But if it's not... I'll boil it down really simplistically for you. Just yes or no. What do you think is more likely? That Travis Frederick makes this incredibly remarkable recovery and is in the lineup week five when the Cowboys go to Houston? Or Travis Frederick, if he can do anything, is back doing football stuff Thanksgiving, December? Well, that was the reason I asked the question is my thought was if they made this decision they probably know more than they have You're said right. publicly You're or right. said to us, right? Because the thing about it is, I don't think you just make this decision unless you have reason to believe that he has a legitimate shot to be back before that eight-week period is up. To be fair, the, yeah. I... And, and what they say publicly, that's one thing. We know from what we've seen over the years, you don't always say publicly what is fully known. I 100% right? trust that they know more than I do, but... Again, I can only go with the information I have, right. which is two weeks after he got diagnosed. They're still saying no timetable. We're way more worried about his health as a person than anything relating to football. Right. That doesn't sound like a guy who's going to be ready to play football in four or five weeks. But that's also, so, that's also, I mean, you have to keep saying that because, again, the unpredictable nature of this injury or this, this right. disease, this syndrome, whatever it is, it, it's unpredictable. And so even if they feel like they've gotten good reports that suggest otherwise— they have to keep publicly saying 
we don't know. They got good no reports when, when we were in Oxnard, California. It was like, oh, yeah, everything came out, came back good. We're good to go, blah, blah. Then come to, back to Dallas, still not practicing. Right. And he gets more stuff. And it's like, come to find out he, he's diagnosed with this disease. But once again, I don't believe, and this is my own personal belief, I don't believe they were saying publicly at that time what they knew. What they were saying was, oh, everything's fine. Because they didn't want to ring the alarm until they knew more, right? Yeah. They are don't you can't convince me that they and Travis and everybody that was in the inner circle didn't know that this was more serious than just a stinger. Right. You can't convince me of that. So if that's the case, then once again, they said what they had to say publicly. Oh, that, no, but, but that's that doesn't have anything to do with what's really happening. Right. You're 100 percent right, because after all this, ha- I mean, you know, Zach was Zach Martin was even talking like, yeah, like it was really scary at yeah. camp. Like he was talking about, you know, how he didn't feel as strong and blah, blah, blah. So. Right. I know that I don't know the whole story, but trying to offer informed analysis as best I can. You can only go up. It doesn't sound like it's realistic to think he's going to be able to do meaningful things for you until after the IR window anyway. And honestly, with all the uncertainty and the fact it's an autoimmune disease, again, it's not his hamstring. He's yeah. got a disease in his nerves. Yeah. Like, this just sounds scary. Just yeah. it absolutely honestly, is. Honestly, I just I, remove the temptation to worry about football and just say, "Hey, we'll see you on Halloween." But that's I mean, hey, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's gonna play week four, and I'll admit that I was wrong. But and we'll see. I don't know. That's right, just how I feel. Let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, we do have to take a talk about the safety position. We always dedicate a segment to the safety <laughs> position, so why not today too? We'll do that when we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick's back with us. Hi. Got anything good for Steven? Um, you know, I, 
I asked if there was a trade in the, you know, he said no. <laughs> no trade. Not right now. So no. Okay. Stop asking uh, me. I did, I did uh, ask if uh, Karan Reed would be the guy that they're going to bring back since Brian Price was not, um, he was picked up and claimed by the Raiders. Um, and he said no, that, that they're going to keep Dayton Jones on the roster. Uh, he's been groin injury for him. I believe so. Hamstring. Um, he's been lower di- body. Yeah, but uh, they they feel like he's making progress to the point where he'll probably be able to play maybe as soon as the second game against the Giants. So um, second game of the season uh, again, not the second game against the Giants, but um, just week two of the season. So looks like Dayton Jones and Frederick are going to be your two guys that stay on the roster. And say that's they were going to put him on IR yesterday when they thought they'd get Brian Price back, and they didn't. And I guess. Maybe they just think the drop off is that noticeable, or maybe they got a different report on his health. I, I think, don't know, I, but I hope it's that because I mean, why would you even cut price in the yeah to begin with? No, that's yeah. So you know, I don't. And if you think he can be there for week two, I'd say it's worth it. But so two of your fifty. I mean, we got two of the inactive. We got three of the inactives. Yeah, we really. got some inactives yeah. already. The, but that really just seems kind of four, that just seems you? weird. Well, one quarter. It just seems weird. Like it's like okay, on Monday they're gonna bring back Price if he clears waivers, so then they'll put Jones on. Why even do that on Sunday then? Why don't you just put you sign your guard that you want to keep? You know, Redmond. Just put Jones on. I couldn't. They couldn't get him then. That's right. They couldn't put Jones on IR on Monday. I just answered my own question. Wait, why not? Because on Sunday they couldn't put him on IR. On Sunday they had to put him on Monday. I thought they. I thought you could do. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, okay. that's never mind. I just talked myself out of that. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I get it. Thanks, Stephen. Well, Nick joined us just in time to talk about safety. Uh, it's a position mm. that we've talked a lot about. Um, I guess let's start first with the the signing that the Cowboys made. They signed safety Ibrahim Campbell. Um, and I don't know how much do you guys know about Campbell, if anything, about you know, is he a special teams type player or is he a guy that. That's a that's been a safety. Like what what do we know well, about about Campbell? He's played four or five. Uh, played four years in the league. Okay. Again, I say that make this joke a lot. He's got the same amount of interceptions as we do. Doesn't have an interception, mm. which means he's probably a, a, a special teams type guy. I he know does have starts though. Yeah, right? he's, he's eleven. Eleven. So that's he's eleven played. more when, than when did everybody. That was that last year or was that four years ago? Uh, early in his career. Early. Yeah, his he's career. been a special teams guy. He's got 11 that more makes starts. Me feel good. 11 more starts than every safety not named Jeff Heath. Got it. So, I mean, th- so again, this is again, this is just a guy that's a a band-aid temporarily until you can hopefully get some healthy safeties back. It's it sounds like they're at least optimistic that Kayvon might be available for Carolina. I think that Xavier Woods is ruled out. Uh and so and Robinson plays. I think you're going to patch it together between Tyree Robinson Ibrahim Campbell and hopefully Kayvon Frazier. Hey, I know that that there's people in in this room that like what Cam Newton does. I don't think he's a great <laughs> passer. If you're playing a better passer this week, would you would you maybe change your mind on on what you do think on how you do things? Like if this is Aaron Rodgers, I mean, at this point though, I mean, I know theoretically you could go trade for Earl Thomas theoretically, but realistically, real meaning. You're not just giving up the bank or whatever you got to do. Well, like realistically, what more could they do right now? Well, they, I mean, but the schedule hasn't changed. They'd known all along that they were going to play Carolina in week one and they might have to not have Xavier Woods. It might have been different if there was somebody else. If, if you're you had Drew- Giants week one, maybe that changed. 
right? But I wouldn't play the Giants in week one. Do <laughs> when that. did that ever happen? How many, I don't know, how many quarterbacks on the schedule this year have won NFL MVP? Matt Ryan, I, I, Cam I, Newton. Okay. I knew um, that you were going to go here. And I, I get it. No, he's, he's not great. He's, he's not the most accomplished passer in the NFL. I get right. it. But like, he's, he's the most a, accomplished runner in, in the NFL. Well, you got it for quarterbacks. I mean, safeties wind up making those type of tackles, too. That's what I was actually going to say is I'm, I'm more concerned about can they tackle in the open field when they got him one on one. If he's like, if he's back at the safeties, then you got other issues going on. Then our our swiper is not, not playing so far. well. Which you might. I mean, I just think that you think about how this offense is. Like they got some playmakers on their offense. Yeah, it's they do. not just Cam. I mean that that running back, running that back dude he's, can run. I he don't can flat out I, run. He's good. So man. that may be why you're, where your linebackers are preoccupied. You know, trapped him. Yes. I really I don't. Um, I know. I, I get your point. I know what the stats say. Cam Newton is not a great pure passer but uh you're not gonna hide a bad safety against an nfl mvp i don't i don't think so even whether it's running or throwing you're not gonna hide. well and he's also got a a great tight end unless there's an injury or something he does he's got a pro bowl tight end mccaffrey looks like a stud I don't really know what DJ Moore's been doing, but he's there. Torrey Smith is Bunches there. Bunches is a pretty decent wide Torrey receiver. Torrey Smith is there? Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't great for no, four No, he can run. but he can run. He, he can, run. Yeah. can he run. He can run. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's yeah. there's some things. We'll talk about this tomorrow. We're going to get into the, the Panthers' offense tomorrow. But Are we I mean, doing that where, where Dave's going to have his, his chart and all uh, his notes I, and I stuff? I hope so. <laughs> great. Okay, cool. Uh, I really yeah. talked about that. We're, we're taking the Panthers' offense tomorrow, so yeah. get it ready. Dave, get Panthers up. Game pass. Thursday. You better be up till midnight taking notes <laughs> on the tape. All right. that's, that's the job, bro. That's cool. the job. We got it. Cool. All right. Um. So so I guess at this point, from the standpoint of, uh, of the safeties, it's – Pretty apparent. This is what they're rolling into the season with. Yeah, they feel comfortable with it. Do we know anything more about Xavier Woods? And and will, is this just a one week thing, or is this something that lingers even into the Giants game? Where again, I personally believe that you got a lot more challenges when you start talking about the yeah. the, the receiving threats uh, in New York. Let's wait um, and see kind of what practice looks like. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be on there, but what he's doing on the other fields. If he's on the cords this week, if he's able to do that, that's a better sign that we're, we're getting closer to practicing maybe this week. Um, you're making I mean, for next a, week. You're making a mistake if you're trying to put a hard deadline on a soft tissue injury, uh, which Smart. Jerry Jones has said that he thinks they think he can be ready for New York. Jerry Jones is eternally optimistic, and you never know. I mean, hamstrings especially. We've seen that time and time again. So. Yeah. Take that with a huge grain of salt. I'm waiting until like Thursday of week next week before I'm making a call on Xavier Woods. There's one final question I want to get to with you guys about the quarterbacks. Cowboys kept both uh, quarterbacks, uh, backup quarterbacks, in Cooper Rush and Mike White. Uh, two quarterbacks that the Cowboys had a lot of interest in were trying to trade up for in the draft a couple years ago. Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook are both available after being cut. Should the Cowboys consider going out and getting one of those guys to replace one of the guys that they have here? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, th- they're available because their team gave up on them. Um, and, and, you know, they had plenty of time to, to learn the system and, and show what they can do, and they showed what they couldn't do. And now you're going to ask them to come in and, and probably – I would imagine – I don't know this. I would imagine learning the, the, the offense was probably a, an issue for both of them or they wouldn't be, you know – or, or, or if not, then their talent isn't as good as they thought. So I think you got a chance to see some of them. If you're going to put them here, are they going to be that much better than, than what you have? I mean, I I don't think I would go that route. But just to play devil's advocate, at some point the Cowboys were real willing to give up a first-round pick and more because they were going to have to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. Does that at least make you think 
even if we brought him in as our third guy, a guy that we're going to develop, we should give that a shot because we thought so highly of him back then. The only thing that depreciates faster than a car is like a draft pick. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah, Jerry Jones is killing himself for not giving up the third to go up and get Paxton Lynch. And now we don't have to debate about this because Jerry already said this morning they're not interested, right. which I wouldn't have claimed him, but I don't see the harm in bringing him in for a workout now that they're Just out on see, the street. Right? But they got Mike White, who, I mean, they valued him. He basically hasn't had a chance to suck yet. I mean, not. I'm not saying he will, but you get my point. Yeah. Like, there's more reason to be optimistic with him than there is having two years of Paxton Lynch tape. Um, Teams like, talk too. They talk to each other. <clears throat> Why'd you cut him? Well, because he does this and this. You know, oh, I he doesn't do this. Uh, maybe this, he. Yeah. Maybe this will humble both of them to the point where, like, if there's some issues, maybe if there's, if there's worth work ethic issues or, or you know things like that, studying. Maybe it'll humble them to the point where they they'll get better, you know. But I don't see the harm in bringing them in for a workout, especially since in this particular case, both of them are guys we know that they liked. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's this drastic. We were like, oh my god, these guys are obviously so much better than Cooper Rush and Mike White. Clear, I no, I don't buy that. So I'm not losing sleep over it. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow in our normal time. What'll be our normal time for the season will be 11:45. We'll be on every day from 11.45 to 12.30. I know it's only 45 minutes, but we will get a lot into that 45 minutes. So until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?